Planning a trip to one of the great national parks? L.L. Bean went to the experts at the National Park Foundation to get the inside scoop on which parks are the best to visit in each season. Whether you're looking for outstanding scenery, smaller crowds, or unique activities, L.L. Bean, be an outsider. To check out the full list of recommendations, visit llbean.com explore. Welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host, Eric, alongside with expert analyst, Rod. Thanks for joining us on the best MSU basketball podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey, everybody. It's Eric alongside Rod. We're here to talk about Michigan State's 63-58 victory over Maryland at the Breslin Center late on Tuesday night. Uh, before we begin, I just want to make sure you're aware that we are now have the, uh, through Nudge Printing, we have our swag available. So if you did not have a chance to get a t-shirt in the first round, or now there actually are hoodies available with the Final Fours on the schedule logo, you can get those. And the probably easiest way is going to through our website at thefinalfoursontheschedule.com slash merchandise. There's also a little tab at the top of the website you can select, just go to merchandise. And then you can, if, once you get to the part where you order stuff, you can click on it. It'll directly direct you to the site, which is our own collection on the Nudge Printing site. Uh, there you can get our stuff and then a bunch of any other Spartan gear you want at the time. Uh, all the profits from those sale of the shirts and the hoodies go to our show. So if you want to support our show, that's a great way to do it. If you get a bunch of other stuff, Nudge Printing, they've supported the show. They're great sports MSU alums. And so uh, you're more than welcome to help them out. Uh, you can remember if you order at Nudge Printing, you get 20% off your order if you enter Final Four into the coupon code at checkout. Uh, they have all kinds of cool stuff. And I was actually looking at the site today, and there's a lot of stuff I didn't even know they had. Like they have these huge walls, like I guess they're fatheads, basic equivalent, four by two feet wide stickers, big Michigan State stuff. So if you've got a man cave, want to put some in your garage or like your dorm yes. room or something like that, that's, I mean, they are perfect they've got all they've got different selections really high quality stuff i mean pretty cool i mean i i actually got sent one of those i don't know if i told you no uh by nudge yeah yeah and it took me a minute to figure out exactly what it was at first i thought it was just a giant banner sized poster but you are correct <laughs> it's it's multiple different fat head like um michigan state stuff that you can uh logos and you know sparty and a couple different kinds of representations of sparty that you can stick anywhere uh like much like you would with a fathead yeah and i think they they kind of come off you can replace them if you want to put them on a different wall so if you you know Absolutely. like for a dorm room it'd be perfect like you know you put it up and then you know yep. you move the next year or something uh sure. you know they also have some really cool decals for like the cornhole or you know wherever you want to put it but old stuff i didn't recognize a lot of these these logos because you know they have the vintage stuff they've got this um the ones I saw with the Spartan chariot logo. I don't know when that's from, but I think it's probably seventies is my guess. They had the swords, the Spart sword Sparty logo, which I feel like I've seen, but it's old. They got 1965 Spartan helmet, a tough Sparty, which it, it looks like it's, that might've been like early eighties. Uh, and then a leatherhead Sparty. And of course the MAC, which is kind of one they sort of come, that's kind of come back and forth as sort of in vogue, you know, the, uh, Michigan Athletic College. Anyway, check out their stuff. Again, nudgeprinting.com. They support the show. 
you guys are awesome. <laughs> and we're sitting up here late at night doing the show because we think you guys are great and you deserve it. So we're going to talk about this win for Michigan State. A win they absolutely had to have. It was not one, you know, it wasn't the end of the world if they didn't get it, but it's certainly one you had to get right at home, take out Maryland, a team that is beatable, but a good team. And so this is a good quality win. It would have, it would have, it wouldn't have been the end of anything, but what it would have done is it would have applied more pressure to Michigan State going into these last seven games, and um, they they don't need that. So <laughs> we don't need it at all. So we were uh, Michigan State was behind by game in the Big Ten standings in Maryland. So now they're tied. They're both at seven and six, and they are in in the clump. So I think they're like a two games out of one or two games out of second place, and one or two games out of like eleventh place. I think is pretty much how it works right now. Uh, the game was. Interesting. I would say probably something you couldn't see on TV. Maybe you could have is at the beginning of the game, the players come out, you know, they're uh, as they make the announcements for the starters, they usually jump around in a circle. They're kind of dancing around and stuff. And none of the starters were doing much dancing and like getting um, being very demonstrative. They just kind of looked sort of angry, like all of them came out or just very sort of uh, maybe determined is the right word. I thought it was unusual because they don't usually look like that. Well, let me let me make a comment on that. Um, Joey Hauser said it in his postgame interview, and then in Izzo's postgame press conference, it became clear why he said what he said, because he I think he parroted what the coaches have been telling them the last couple of days. The message that was delivered to Michigan State internally is that they needed to play with desperation. They needed to be desperate. And I think that was the right message. They had to find that kind of edge somehow. So I think that's probably reflected in what you observed. Yeah. And then, and then came out, you know, blistering 15 0 run to start the, or 15 run to start the game. Couldn't miss. I mean, Joey hits an acrobatic like off the board. Malik Hall hits one that bounces it back up and then down (laughs) for a three. They're playing good defense. Maryland, you know, they had a couple looks, but they really couldn't do anything. Then the game sort of settled in. And Michigan State had a nice, comfortable nine-point lead going into halftime. And it sure looked like it was going to be just cruise control because even the second half started pretty well. And and then, boy, wheels just came off. 14-0 run by Maryland to go up two. And then uh, yeah. they eventually got up about a minute later. They got up to four. And then Michigan State went on an eight-point run and then didn't look back from there. But, you know, it was a tight game from there through the end of the – through the uh, finish. Um you know, notable, I think, performances, A.J. Hogard almost with a triple-double <laughs> in that mm-hmm. he had seven points, so he didn't score a lot, but 10 rebounds, eight assists, only two turnovers. And I think, you know, we've talked about him in the past, obviously, and sort of how he plays, the team plays. He just played just tough. And uh, there were, he would definitely, there was still a little bit of the old A.J., that stretch where they're not playing well. I think that started with with um, Holloman in the second half. I'm not, I can't remember exactly, but sort of they just stagnant offense and then, you know, Maryland got a couple things going, but, and he definitely was not like great leadership sort of quality. He was kind of, you know, angry, kind of yelling at people and stuff, mm-hmm. bad sort of body language. And then he sort of cleaned that up and was better, you know? Uh, so he's mostly good. I would say is my impression well, of him. Let's in talk game. about, let's start let's there. Talk yeah. about, let's talk about him first. Um, I agree. I think it was overall total floor game, the best game he's played in weeks, plural. Um, you mentioned the numbers, uh, 
and those were, I mean, flirting with a triple double, you did a lot of good things. Um, I think he made, look, there were issues. You mentioned one of the problems when things started to go badly, there was some blaming all the stuff that we've talked about that went on last year. And I thought had been excised, but we've started to see it creep back in lately. And it's because they've been under pressure and he's been under pressure. Mm -hmm. And so he's falling back into some bad habits. That's not good. It's not good for him. It's not good for his team. Um, So it's fair to point that out. It's also fair to point out that he got taken advantage of um, a couple of occasions uh, during that run you're talking about that Maryland made to go from 12 down to two up uh, where he just got back cut and that can't happen. He wasn't the only one, but it happened to him a couple of times. And considering he's supposed to be one of your best defensive players, it's fair to talk about that as well as a negative. So it wasn't a perfect game, but overall the best game he's played in weeks. And I thought he did a better job of getting MSU into their sets quickly. And this was a tougher challenge in some ways than Rutgers because Maryland, as you I'm sure observed being there, they switch their defenses much more than say Rutgers does. There's a lot of man and the zone and you're not sure when they're going to, you know, they're, they're, they're yeah. varying the rhythm of it up. Mm-hmm. So it was a tougher challenge in that respect. And yet AJ, I thought was much better. That was a big improvement because the Rutgers game, boy, that was the thing above everything else that really bothered me is I did not think he did a good job at all of rec- of having recognition as to what was going on and getting his team into its sets much better today. Last thing, he made two huge winning plays down the stretch. So the first one is obvious. He stepped to the line up two and hit two free throws to make it a four-point game. Huge. One and one, too, yeah. Right, exactly, in a one-on-one situation. And it was also important because that was part of, which we can talk about later, the strategic decision that Tom Izzo made down the stretch, which I think probably caught everybody by surprise. (laughs) A big part of the dynamic that went into that, I have to believe, is that he looks at it and says, I've got guys who could step up and knock down free throws. So if he steps to the line and doesn't make one, well, you've lost that gamble. You know, Um, he did make them. And then the last play up three Maryland pressing and he saw Malik Hall ahead and the pass just got there, but it got there and it was the right decision. It was the right decision, even if it had been picked off, because at the very least he was throwing the ball into Michigan state's front court, which would have met Maryland. Even had Maryland picked it off, they would have had to go you know, length of the floor to try. So it would have, it, it it was the right decision. And the fact that he made the play and then Malik came and met the pass, which was good. And then kicked it to Jaden. And I still don't know how I feel about that dunk. Um, It worked out. Had he missed it, you know, the discretion is the, um, uh, is probably the better choice there, in my opinion. Dribble it out, but um, but it worked, so we'll take it. Yeah. Um, but uh, but AJ made those two big plays, 
And that's what your floor leader, your point guard is supposed to do. And he did it. So yeah, were there flaws in his game at times tonight? Yes. I'm not going to spend a lot of time focusing on that because I think the majority of what he did was very, very good. When's the last time he's had as many as eight assists in a game? I know they cited a stat on the game over his previous three. He only had nine assists total. He almost had that many tonight. Yeah, you know, no, he was he so, was good. I mean, you know, part of that, of course, is people hitting shots when they, you know, there's some games where they're missing shots, but he was making good decisions. It really good, and he was you know penetrating so deep that they were way wide open when they're shooting. You the, know, all the things that we had talked about that you know, one of the ways you can get better looks from three is when you force the defense to distort. And Michigan State doesn't have a real post presence to enable them to do that. So the only other option is via penetration and AJ did that better tonight than we've seen in a while drive and kick, you know? Yeah. He was just, he was just much, much better in the areas they need him to be. So I'm encouraged because of that. Yeah. So other performances, of course, Joey Hauser leads the team with 20 points on three for five from deep five of six of the line, six of 11 from the field, only two rebounds, which is kind of unusual, uh, a couple turnovers and assist. And then Tyson Walker with 17 points, 7.15 from the field, 3 of 6 from 3, a rebound, uh, 3 assists, no turnovers, and a steal. Uh, you know, yeah. I think he he struggled a little bit down the end trying to make some things happen. And I th- this is my only criticism sometimes, of, and I all the way back to Judd, and this is probably every team, right? Like when you slow down too much and start trying to get into an offense just with 10 seconds left when there's still a minute and a half left in mm-hmm. the game or something. Yeah, I understand I the strategy for it, but... This team needs a little bit more time than 10 seconds because it ends up being sort of hero ball and yep. you get into situations where you're and you not get, getting good looks. You get out of rhythm and yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, uh, but man, bo- both of those guys made some big shots um, and and really carried the offense. I mean, those were your two guys offensively tonight, yep. Hauser and Walker. So um, it was good to see. And, you know, man, I'll tell you, there are times and you saw it for a stretch tonight where Tyson Walker, that when they were down four and he went through that stretch where he hit that very tough bailout shot at the end of the clock. (laughs) Yeah. And then and then, you know, had another take at the rim and I think hit two threes soon after that to put MS help put MSU up coming from behind for the first time in the game. Um, that was huge. That was a huge segment because, you know, Michigan state, you said uh, up out to a 15 0 lead really never got threatened. I think the closest Maryland got after that was they got within six and it ended up nine at the half. And yeah. then fairly early in the second half or at a, maybe not even that early, it might've been a f- several minutes into the game into the second half, Michigan state was up 12 and seemed to be under control. And, you know, then the roof caved in and it would have been very easy for things to spiral. And I would guess that the vast majority of the people listening to this probably had a, here we go again feeling because, (laughs) um, it kind of felt a little bit like Rutgers. It was not exactly the same thing. Michigan State controlled the first half in a way they didn't at Madison Square Garden. But you still had, at least I had that feeling that, hey, this is a game it seemed like we were ready to put away. And instead, 
we can't score. They're scoring repeatedly. Um, this is going to be very tough to pull out. And then Tyson Walker showed up yeah, and kind of put the offense on his back for a stretch and put MSU back on top. And, and that was a very big response for the team and a very big response from him. Um, so I was, I was impressed with that. And of course, Joey, you know, pretty much the whole game I thought was aggressive, which didn't surprise me, but still coming off kind of a rough shooting night against Rutgers. You, you don't know for him really in his last couple of games, cause he wasn't that good against Purdue either. Um, you just never know. And he came out assertive. I mean, took the first shot of the game, hit an and one mm-hmm. uh, jumper and never really looked back. He stayed assertive the whole way. So a big deal from your veterans to, to be playing that way. Yeah. I know we've mentioned it before too, about Joey, but I was really impressed. He was, he had a tough cover today, mostly covering Dante Scott. And yeah, for the most part, he was really, he's really solid. I mean, you know, there, there are times when Dante Scott could get around him and do some stuff, but it wasn't like he was getting abused like he might've a couple of years ago. And so it was really impressive how much he's progressed. And that goes along to your point. You know, when people say, well, Kohler's doomed, he's never going to be able to do anything. You, you can see someone like Joey, who's, you know, not super gifted athletically. I mean, he's not like, doesn't you know he can move fine but he's not like you know like a jane akins but he just by being solid and just understanding what people are doing it, it just is impressive you know how you can just become a better defender by just sort of you know thinking more i suppose and just being prepared you you just you need to get to the point that you're functional that's a good word for it that you're playable um and uh yeah and joey this year is a prime example of it i mean he had two straight years where he really struggled to guard people. And that's not saying he's going to be on the all defense team, but (laughs) Joey Hauser has been pretty solid this year. You know, he'll have moments where he gets taken advantage of, but so does everybody. You know, I think by and large, you he's let's put it this way. I think he's probably surpassed 99.9% of the Michigan state fan bases expectations of what he would do (laughs) defensively this year. He yeah. surpassed mine. I didn't yeah. think he'd be this good. Yeah, he's never, you never see him and think, uh oh. I mean, unless you see him like at the top of the key or something, and someone's, you know, he's got to switch onto a guard or something. But you're never like, this is a doomed possession. You know, like you feel like whenever I saw someone with, with Pierre Brooks, I'm like, oh, this is not, <laughs> this may not end up well. Um, I guess, you know, the question too about uh, Mati Sissoko, I, I thought he played a pretty good game. He didn't have a, you know, statistically he didn't, he didn't have a whole lot of points at four points and he had five rebounds. You, I think he had a couple more in the, in some ways that got tipped to say Hogard. Like, you know, uh-huh. the state was crashing the boards and he was, he was preventing offensive rebounds for, from Maryland. He wasn't actually securing it, but it was ended up going other places. But, you know, certainly setting the screens. I think he does a lot of things really well that I think we don't appreciate. But, you know, I don't know what you, what you think about the, his game. I agree. I thought he was... I thought he was pretty good tonight. Um, you know, casual people will focus on there was that play where Tyson Walker missed a layup and Marty was right there. And he, instead of flushing it, he kind of fumbled the ball out of bounds in the second half. And people will focus on that stuff. Um, I focus on what Tom Izzo talked about in the post game, which is he thought both Marty and Jackson, but Marty played a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, the job they did in pick and roll defense was really good tonight. And Marty, yeah. you know, Marty started out like a house of fire in that area <laughs> this year. He was great. 
I mean, I, I believe I said on this podcast, Hey, I don't want to jinx it, but he's starting to remind me a little bit of some of the, uh, being able to do some of the things that Xavier Tillman did. Yeah. And then he, since then he's hit some patches of inconsistency, but that was not the case tonight. I thought he did. I did really well. And, you know, one of the ways you could tell that I want to want to look at these numbers, um, you know, Jameer young is, is tough in yeah. pick and roll, you know, and he had a good game. He's 17 points. He shot five free throws. So it was a normal game for him, but that's all it was. It yeah. wasn't an exceptional game. And he's a guy that's very difficult to deal with in that. And, and I thought Madi had a lot to do with the way they were able to make him work for what he got. That was, that was really important. Um, first basket of the game was where Hauser came around a pick and, and got that, got that pass in the middle of the, or basically the free throw line got fouled and hit the shot. That was off a tremendous Madi Sissoko screen. I thought his screening game, other than the the one time he got called for an offensive foul, which was the correct call, um, was uh, was really good as well. So yeah, a lot of positives for him. And I'm not just saying that because we're going to be talking to him tomorrow <laughs> night. Um, I really do believe it. <laughs> yeah, no, he was really good. Uh, you know, and I thought uh, just go through some more individual performances. I thought Jade Akins played not a great game. He was um, he had. A couple good plays, but you know, a couple rebounds, seven points, one for four from three. Uh, he just he didn't seem himself. I thought tonight, and then um, Malik. Yeah, Hall, but you know what? You know what? I thought he looked pretty good defensively. Yeah, well, that's true. He was preventing Jameer Young from getting in the lane and doing. He stuff. was part he of was, that. Yeah, right. Yep. You're right. And and yeah. so I'm going to give him credit for being able, even on a night where the offense wasn't quite clicking. I mean, he had. What was he one for four from three? They were all yeah. really good looks. Yeah, they, they were. just didn't fall. But he's been shooting the ball very well. So you know, at Michigan State as a team was tremendous tonight. So it didn't it didn't hurt them. Right. But um, you know, he's um, he's entitled to have one of those. He's been playing very well for a while now. The fact that he didn't let a shaky offensive night take him out of the game defensively, I think, is notable. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And then, uh, you know, Malik Hall, the other, uh, played 22 minutes, three or five from the field, one for one from three, a couple of boards, a couple of turnovers and assist. Um, you know, I think he's still, you, I think conditioning wise, he's probably, he seems okay, but I think he still seems a little bit like just not in the flow of the game. And I, that's what Izzo talked about after the game too, right? Yeah, he's fighting it offensively, but you know what's encouraging is, okay, so he gets a three to fall and it was a kind bounce the kind still, rim, yeah you'll take it but the other two plays he had the one post up which was the kind of stuff we were seeing him start to do with some regularity before he got hurt the second time if you remember that stretch after he came back from the initial injury where i thought he was really playing well yeah and um he was with some regularity he was taking guys into the post and hitting those turnarounds you know at with again with consistency and it was nice to see him because he 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 forced some of those against Rutgers and they didn't fall but he hit one tonight that was big and then the third shot where they just kind of left him alone 
yeah, that was weird. 16, 17 feet. Yeah. And he just decided, all right, I'm going to take it and drain it. That was <laughs> encouraging too. Just the fact that he got to see the ball go through the net a few times on, on jumpers. None of them were layups or dunks either. They were, they were, you know, real shots from some range that he had to hit. And so to see that happen, I'm, I'm hopeful that that's going to take his confidence back in the positive direction. Cause I, what I observed tonight is he just still seemed out of rhythm. Like yes, he would have I agree. a shot, a shot window would be there. And for whatever reason, he wouldn't feel comfortable taking it. And then he, he'd drive himself. The couple of shots he missed were both situations like that. I thought where he initially had a good shot opportunity, didn't take it, decided to try to drive himself into what he thought would be a better opportunity. And instead it was contested and he missed. Yeah. So he's just got to get back to that rhythm, but I, there, there's plenty of time, you know, we're, we're talking about still another month, really, uh, basically until the big 10 tournament starts. That's a lot of games, a lot of chances for him to find that again, and hopefully hitting a few shots tonight will help. And finally, uh, you know, I don't think there's much to say about Jackson Kohler. I thought he was fine. He didn't do much offensively. And like you, it's a shame because it's a real shame because he made a couple of great moves and just couldn't finish. Whereas he's been finishing a lot of those lately, just couldn't finish them tonight. But boy, you could see the footwork on display. It's just, I'm going to call my shot now. Um, The uptick (laughs) that you're going to see from Jackson Kohler as an offensive threat next season is going to be significant because I have a feeling with an off season in the strength training and conditioning program and just an off season of continuing to play and kind of develop his confidence. Um, you're going to see him finishing those kinds of plays, those moves consistently. And that is going to be, and he's going to get more opportunities too. So I'm calling yeah. my shot now. You come at me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> I, I see a breakthrough coming for him because the, the hardest part, it, it, not many guys can make the moves that he makes. They don't have no. that kind of footwork. So you're talking about a guy who's not fast and isn't that big by post player standards. And yet he, his footwork is so good. He gets himself wide open opportunities on the blocks against good defensive players how does he do that? Well, it's because his footwork is that advanced, but it doesn't mean as much if you can't finish the play. And that was the problem tonight. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, finally then Pierre Brooks who had two stints on the court, he had eight minutes. I thought he looked pretty good in the first half. He didn't do anything statistically, but he, he seemed to be, you know, where he's supposed to be. And then he had a collapse and just, he, you know, he was part of that, part of that problem <laughs> that 14 0 run. And then he left the floor and didn't come back. Yeah. Yeah, he had one really good segment in one really good possession, I should say, in the first half. And I'm trying to remember who he got switched out on. It might have might have been young. It was one of their guards. And uh, and he hung in there with them. And I believe it ended in a turnover. Um, It was a really good. I'd have to go back to confirm that. But I remember he had one possession where it was essentially a one-on-one scenario and he moved his feet well enough to stay in front of the offensive player 
cut off any penetration and it ended up working out for Michigan State uh, with a change of possession. I thought that was really good. And he's had some better defensive moments lately, but you're right. In the second half, he was part of really a team wide thing. I mean, look, the numbers tell the story. In the first half, Maryland shot 31% from the floor. In the second half, they shot 48%. Now, most of that was about the fact that Michigan State was getting back cut or just couldn't keep Maryland away from the rim. Yeah. Um, and he was part of that, hardly the only offender, but yeah. And then offensively, you know, he missed his, his two three point attempts pretty badly. That's unfortunate, but, um, you know, he was okay. He did some positive things tonight. Yeah. He wasn't disaster, I think. Uh, and then, you know, the, the one thing we didn't even talk about is that Maryland has changed their approach defensively in the last few games where the, now they they've pressed pretty much af- all the time after, after yeah. made baskets, you know, they did, of course didn't have a chance to for a long time because they didn't make any baskets for, when they're down 15. Oh, uh, and I think what was impressive is that Michigan state had no turnovers that I, that I recall in that press. not against the pressure now, but you could say, but. well, they didn't attack it. They didn't, you know, you know, punish them for having the press, but you know, you didn't make any mistakes, which is, I think, useful. And they didn't seem like they were so far behind in time that they were like rushed with their possessions. Usually that's, that's the important thing. And I mentioned this at the outset. I thought AJ did a much better job tonight getting them into their offense. And part of that is the way they handle the pressure. Look, Mar- Maryland is not rolling out full court trapping pressure to try and generate turnovers. They're not a big turnover generating defense. You know, what they're trying to do is they're trying to, they're trying to throw your rhythm off and they're mostly trying to force you to use up time on the clock. So by the time you're actually into your half court offense, you're already down to say 15 seconds. That's their goal. And I thought MSU was okay there. I agree. They didn't, they didn't really let it bother them too much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, maybe we should just go over the keys of the game. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's indeed.com slash blue wire sports and support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, the five keys of the game brought to you by Nudge Printing. Number one key was threes. So, Michigan State has hit threes. Well, I had hoped that they'd hit six and they ended up hitting nine. They're nine of 20. And then not only were they 9 of 20, but the other half of that was Maryland is not a good three-point shooting team. And they proved it <laughs> tonight, shooting 3 of 22. 
Yeah, and this is one of those things where you could say, well, they got up 22-3, so that's, you know, that's a little concerning that Michigan State gave them any looks. However, I don't think a whole lot of them were good. Uh, and I totally agree with you. I know you talked about Hakeem Hart with those that weird shot where it does look like he's, like, pushing it from, from his chest. Even though it's free throws, but they, his free throws, I think he hit all of them. But um, anyway. He did. Yeah, <laughs> he was one for weird. six from three. I mean, I, I just – he's been around long enough. I should have a better memory of it, but I don't remember him shooting that way in the past. He may have. I may just be misremembering it. But it's been striking to me this year. Um, certainly, he plays a bigger part on this team than he has in previous years. That's also part of it. I'm, I'm probably focused more on him, but – um, he's, yeah, it's not pretty. Look, we keep saying it every game and tonight is another example. You know, Michigan state wins this game by five points and they were, what was it? Plus 18 and made threes Yeah. versus Maryland. So is it, is it important? Yeah, pretty much. So, <laughs> um, that's, you know, but, but here's the thing. This is Michigan state is a good jump shooting team. They are. And most of the time they're not going to go nine for 20 every time out, but most of the time they're going to shoot reasonably well. You know, the games that they don't, it's hard for them. It's hard for them because they don't have the other options. And we've talked about this. Some they don't have the other offensive options that Michigan state teams of the past have had. They don't have a great post player to dump the ball into. Um, they don't get out and transition. I thought they got off to a good start in mm-hmm. this game in that way. And then it just stopped. Some of it is down to what you had said. Maryland was making some shots. They were able to set up their pressure, which prevented MSU from running as much as they would like. But regardless, my point is Michigan state doesn't get scoring in ways that we're used to seeing them score. So it really leaves three-point shooting as being more important than even it normally is for MSU. And thank God they shoot it well, because if this team didn't, whew, yeah, we'd, well. be, we'd be looking at some all-timer kind of offensive utility <laughs> stuff, I think. But they do <laughs> shoot it well. And they shot, then they shot it well tonight, and it was, once again, it was a difference maker. You can't, rarely can you do everything well. Like, rarely do you have a guy who's great in the post, rarely, you know, and have great shooting and have people who can penetrate. I mean, usually there's some trade offs that you have with your team. And so, you know, elite teams can do all those things, maybe. There are, but I would, I would submit that we are used to seeing Michigan State teams, not every single season, but often be in big 10 title contention, be in, you know, high seed contention, be talked about as a potential final four team. And those teams more often than not have had all of those elements. You know, if you think about, think about the Denzel Valentine senior year team, unbelievable three point shooting team, but that team could also score in transition. And they also had a little bit of a post presence. Matt Costello certainly it wasn't going to make you forget Zach Randolph, but Matt Costello developed into a pretty reliable post-up guy by the end of his career. And the point is, if threes weren't falling, he was a legitimate option mm-hmm. to yeah. counter that in a way that this current team doesn't have. You know, um, the the uh, 17-18 team had an embarrassment of riches. I mean, they could do everything. It didn't work out. 
in the end in terms of a tournament run, but it sure did in the regular season. Um, you know, that's just two. I mean, I could go on and on and yeah, on. Sure. They usually do when Michigan state is really good. It's not just one way <laughs> they score, right? You know, right, yeah, yeah. they've got counters. Um, you know, the, the Cassius teams, they didn't have great post play, but they could shoot threes extremely well. And they were a good transition team. Um, plus with Cassius and X, they were an elite pick and roll team, which this current bunch is not, uh, witness uh, a couple of attempts with Madi that were not his fault. That were just bad plays by AJ, but, um, so it's just, yeah, it's, that's, it's why we keep drilling this three point thing week in, week out, game in, game out, because it's true. This MSU team does not seem to have a lot of other counters if the threes aren't going. So it's a good thing they were tonight. Here's the thing. What, what you can be impressed by is not just the percentage that they shot, but that they got 20 attempts. Maryland does a really good job of holding down three point attempts. MSU got 20 up. That's a result of the things we were talking about penetration and good ball movement. Yeah. And I would say most, almost all those 20 were good attempts. I think, you know, Pierre had one that yeah. was his last one that was an air ball was a, a bad attempt because it was like hand grenade short of the shot, but right. they were, they were pretty good looks. Uh, so number two, number two key to the game, AJ, we kind of talked about this. He played a play good game and, you know, hopefully he maintains it and gets maybe even a little bit better. It, it, look, it's, it's, it's really simple. When Michigan state gets AJ Hogard playing like this, or like he was for most of the first two months of the season or so they can hang with anybody in the country. And I mean that they can hang with anybody, but when they don't get that, it's a struggle <laughs> to win. Right. He's that and important. Affects, and it affects the threes too. Right. I mean, like if he's not, yeah, getting, yeah. I mean, it, it affects everything. everything. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so number three key to the game, defend without fouling. Well, so uh, Michigan State had uh, less fouls, fouls, free throws than Maryland made. So that Maryland was 15 of 18 from the line, which is really good. Michigan State was 10 of 18 or 10 of 13. So not great. And especially there were a lot of and ones too. Couldn't be worse, yeah, I suppose. It, it, was, uh, it was a weird game. You know, Maryland, I think Michigan State was in the bonus in the first half with like 12 minutes to play and, and vice and reverse in the second half. Wasn't yeah. It? Yeah. It was standard issue, standard <laughs> issue officiating. Yeah. Dante Scott, two fouls in the first two minutes of the game. Didn't pick up another one. And it wasn't cause he wasn't playing physically. I'll tell you that. Um, look, I didn't, in comparison to some of the games we've seen recently, I didn't have massive problems. Yeah with the way this one was officiated. Um, and I actually think if you look at it, what did Maryland end up with? Sorry. Uh, 18 it's, free throw attempts. Yeah. That's, it's not great, but it's also not a disaster. You certainly wouldn't expect a disaster when you're playing at home, but who the hell knows? Um, <laughs> I, I thought when I, when I look at the, when I look at their guys, you know, Jameer young, gets five free throw attempts. Okay. That's, that's a number I can live with because where you get, where you get worried about that guy is if he's getting eight, nine, 10 attempts, which is telling you, you're not able to stay in front of him. He's blowing by guys and, and getting to the rim and forcing fouls. 
we didn't see very much of that. So I'm not going to say it was a big positive, but it wasn't, it wasn't the, the real downside kind of performance you worry about. The next, next key to the game was rebounding. This was strength versus strength and uh, weakness versus weakness. And it was uh, Michigan State uh, was, had 31 rebounds. Or sorry, uh, they had 30 rebounds. Maryland had 31. Maryland only with 16% offensive rebounding percentage, which was great. Michigan State was 7. And the only one with the offensive rebounds for Michigan State was the sideline. So um, overall, there's no big advantage for Maryland on rebounding this has to rate as a season low, I would think in terms of offensive rebounding for Michigan state, <laughs> 7%. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, they didn't give up very much at the other end. So we, we kind of wondered if, um, if, uh, you know, weakness against weakness, MSU offensive rebounding, Maryland defensive rebounding, how that would play out. And it turns out that Maryland's weak spot won, but the relative strength, Maryland's on a great offensive rebounding team, but they're better than they are on the other end versus a pretty good defensive rebounding team, Michigan state. So the strength against strength side, Michigan state strength won out only five offensive rebounds for Maryland. They did a very good job. So um, with AJ Hogard leading the way with a double digit effort. So um yeah, I would say it ended up as a push. Yeah, I mean, second chance points, four to two advantage Maryland. So yeah. not really much difference. Not there. factor. Yeah. Uh, finally, the transition game. Michigan State, as you mentioned earlier, they started well. They finished with, uh, you know, they were credited with 11 fast break points to Maryland's five. So, you know, they got some stuff going, but not a lot. Yeah, not not very much uh, in the way of transition, as as we said. Um, you know, early on, there were some signs that those first few possessions, I thought Michigan state actually pushed the ball really well. And then after that, it was sporadic and intermittent, but give Maryland some credit for that, that pressure that they were able to apply had something to do with slowing it down. Well, I think, you know, uh, the only other thing is I was in the free throw challenge uh, for those dozens of you who are interested, it was much like Michigan State. I thought it was kind of an ugly win. I won, so I made it to the finals. I'll be shooting at the Ohio State game, so I won 5-2. to two. And um, it's amazing. As much as I practice, I feel like I didn't shoot any better. My form was no better than it was, <laughs> it was the first time I, I shot. So not really much of a difference there. I guess, you know, next Michigan State goes to, to Ohio State. Uh, any thoughts about, you know, this win and what it means for the team going forward? I think obviously, as we talked about near the outset, was it a must win by the strict definition of that? No. I mean, I, when, when you talk about must wins, what I, what I mean by those are situations like two years ago where MSU had all those games against top five or top 10 opponents down the stretch and they desperately needed wins to put together an NCAA tournament, uh, resume and, um, they got them, you know, those were must wins tonight was not a must win, but it was a win that you really, really wanted to have because it dials down the pressure. Some in these remaining games, look, MSU has seven games left. Four of them are on the road. Three of them are at home. 
I don't think that Michigan State is in much trouble if they just basically hold serve. You know, if they were to only win the three remaining home games, I think that would probably be enough to get them into the tournament. I really do. Um, because one of those would be against an Indiana team that is is actually checking out pretty nicely right now in the metric. So right. um, they also have a road game at Nebraska, which you would like to think you can win. Um, so that would be a fourth. Then you've got these, these road games. Um, you've got at Columbus next, this coming weekend at Ohio State. You got at Michigan, you got at Iowa. I'm not going to suggest that any of those or all of them will be easy. They won't be. No road game is easy. We see that truthfully, no home game is easy at this point. (laughs) But I do think, I still think that what I said after the Purdue game, that I, I felt like Michigan State was in position to go on something of a run, meaning like a six and three type finish. I still think that's out there as a possibility. I really do. Um, they've got work to do, but gutting out a win and, and the dynamics that were in play in this game where you got off to such a great start and then you give all that back. Maryland has all the momentum. They're riding a four game winning streak too. So, you know, they're feeling confident and what does Michigan state do? They can fold their tent or they can respond. Well, they responded and, and they pulled it out. And so I think that has to be taken as a positive. Now you're only as good as your next game. So they go into Columbus and there's an opportunity there. Ohio state is absolutely reeling. I think at this point it would take a minor miracle for Ohio state to be a tournament team. It's gotten that bad. Um, But at home and certainly while they have struggled to win, they, for the most part have not been getting run off the floor. And they have some individual players who are very difficult matchups. I mean, Bryce Sensabaugh, their freshman wing, first among several. Um, so it's going to be a challenge, but it's, it's something that Michigan State is clearly capable of doing. So I think it's important on a lot of levels. First and foremost, you break a streak. You'd lost two in a row, five, seven. So yep. to get any win is a big deal to get one under the circumstances, the dynamic, the narrative this game was played under was also important and we'll see if they can build on it, but I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm optimistic. If you can give me some version of this AJ Hogard, I'm always going to be optimistic. <laughs> yeah. It's that important. Well, we will come back uh, for the Ohio state pregame, which is on Super Bowl Sunday uh, before then, we will be interviewing Madi Sissoko. So make sure you, if you're not subscribed, be sure you subscribe in your podcast player of your choice. You can also check us out on YouTube. That will premiere on Thursday afternoon at noon is the plan. And so until next time, the Final Four is on the schedule. Go green. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones 
who get it done.